0: Well, welcome, welcome back if you've been here before, and welcome if you're new. Thank you so much for joining me. This week we'll talk about the three key elements of productivity. You'll find links and a bunch of additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com/slash 388. This episode is brought to you by the University of California at Irvine Division of Continuing Education. One great use of your time is improving your knowledge and skills through continuing education. According to data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, continuing education correlates to higher income. It also can open doors to networking opportunities, better job opportunities, and career progression. And whether or not you're interested in career advancement, studies have shown that continued learning is a key element of keeping your mind sharp as you age. That's why I've been so pleased to partner with and recommend to you the University of California at Irvine Division of Continuing Education as a resource. UCI-DCE has been serving the lifelong learning and skills development needs of the local, regional, and global community for over 50 years. UCIDCE offers more than 80 career-focused programs in areas such as business, leadership, technology, education, engineering, health sciences, law, finance, and more. They have programs that can prepare individuals to sit for industry certifications, such as their paralegal certification program, or provide continuing education credit toward recertification. Courses are offered on a quarterly basis and no formal application is required to enroll. Enrollment is open to everyone. If you sign up for a class with them, you will learn from instructors who are practicing professionals with extensive relevant industry experience. You'll gain practical skills that can be applied immediately on the job, and you'll expand your personal knowledge. To learn more, visit CE.UCI.edu slash learn now. That's learn now, all one word. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about some key components of a productive life that are finite resources because making a life that matters is about making the best possible use of these certain key but finite resources, time, Energy and attention. These are what we need in order to accomplish anything. The challenge is we have a finite amount of each. Each of them can be used up, wasted, or invested, and we each get to choose for ourselves. I got kind of inspired and, and started thinking about this when I was rereading a book that I'll mention later. Uh, it's been around for a while, it's been in my personal library for years. And it really got me thinking about these three elements that are absolutely necessary for accomplishing anything in life, anything of value, uh, but that they are all finite. We have limited amounts of each for various reasons. And I thought we'd talk a a little bit about each of them this week. So the first one is time. And this often is the first thing we think about when when we think about productivity. I think in our minds often productivity might be synonymous with time management. Of course, there's more to it than that, but, but making good use of our time absolutely is essential to a productive life. I don't know that we can manage time in the sense of controlling it. I, we certainly can't. Time just keeps on rolling whether we want it to or not. And it's funny, I was thinking about how it moves or seems to move at a different pace depending on the stage of life we're at and the, the events and activities we're involved in. But in any event, time is finite. Everybody gets the same amount of time in any given hour, day, week, month, or year, regardless of your age, your status, your bank account. It, it, we all have the same amount of time. And I think it's interesting when you think about it, It seems sometimes when you're looking at it from the outside, like some people get so much more done in the amount of time that they have, but we all have the same amount of time. No amount of money can buy more once a minute or an hour or a day is gone. It's gone forever and it will never be available to us again. And at the same time, none of us knows how much time we have left. We seldom think about that when we're young. We think about it more often as we get older. But the truth is, none of us is guaranteed the next day or even the next minute after this one. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind as we we think about productivity and what it means. This whole concept of of the brevity of life uh, can be brought to the forefront of our minds because of a crisis. And the book I mentioned earlier is a book called Take Time for Your Life, written by author and coach Cheryl Richardson many years ago. And one thing she says in her book when she she talks about a, a family crisis that she went through uh, before she wrote this book, she says, in an instant, life as you know it can disappear forever. All the things that were so important just one minute before, like the big project that must be completed by 5pm or the deal you're trying to close, are rendered meaningless in a matter of seconds. Instead, you immediately turn your thoughts to the people in your life. And I guess the point here that seems kind of morbid, but there's so much truth there. We, we can kind of get into a passive, uh, going through time, going through our days without really thinking about the fact that time is passing and that once it's passed, it's gone forever. But the uncertainty of life makes it all the more important to use the time we have wisely. Now, I don't think this means that we should plan every day down to the minute, but it does I guess it behooves us all to pay attention to how we're using the hours and the days of our lives and make sure that we're satisfied with what we're doing with this resource, with what we're doing with the time we have, knowing it, it won't go on forever. Now, there's no one right way to use our time well. I think it's very individualized it's very specific to our personality, to our, our stage of life, to our goals, and our vision for our own life. Nobody else can tell us whether we're using our time wisely. We have to decide that for ourselves. And I think in order to make the best use of our time, to do with it what will be meaningful for each of us individually, we're going to have to think deeply about what matters most to us and then measure our results to that standard, to what we have determined is the most important to us. See what results we're getting from the way we're using our time to make sure that the way we're using our time is effective, that is moving us toward achieving our goals and consistent with the life we actually want. It requires us to be paying attention, I guess. And that's, I guess that's my point. Effective use of our time requires first of all, an awareness of how we're actually using it. And for that reason, one practical thing I recommend for all of us is that we periodically do an exercise that a lot of people have talked about it, but it uh, was reminded to me recently when I was listening to the audiobook book uh, by Laura, I, th- I think it's Laura Vanderkam, uh, her very thought-provoking book, I Know How She Does It. Uh, and it that book is the her kind of talking about the results of uh, time logs that have been kept by many high-performing women over a period of time. And she talks in this uh, and in another one of her books about this exercise of keeping a time log for a week. and And the idea is simply that for one week, you keep track of what you're doing from you know one hour, one minute to the next. And I think in her book, she has a, a form for that or on her website. I'll see if I can find that and put a link in the show notes. It's something I think I want to do just to keep track of what I'm doing with my time for one week. We think we know but we don't always, you know, there's so much that we do that we're doing sort of unconsciously without really paying attention. And the idea of this is to get an accurate record of what we're doing, how much time we're spending on it and so on. And then once you've done that exercise, take a close look at how you're actually using the time you have And evaluate how you feel about it. It's not about measuring it against what somebody else is doing with their time. It's really a question of, okay, now that I see what I've done with my time this past week or, you know, whatever week you choose to do this for, am I happy with that? Do I feel good about that? Um, Identify if you want to, you know, be more effective in your use of time. Identify time wasters that you've maybe spent more time on than you expected. Things like social media or tr- trashy TV or traffic jams. Where Where is your time being wasted by the things you're doing, the choices you're making? Identify those and develop strategies to eliminate them, or at least to minimize them. That's one key thing we can do to make better use of our time. We talk about a lot of other things we can do to make good use of our time in, you know, in the past many years we've been doing this podcast, we've had lots of discussions about this and we will continue to do so. But I think it's important to keep in mind that the purpose of time management techniques and tools isn't to be able to cram more and more into each day. I will never recommend to you a tool uh, or a, a technique for time management with the intention of you adding more to your day. That's not the point. The point, I think, of all those techniques and tools is to just be as efficient and as effective as possible at the essential tasks that we all have to do. You know, getting the toilets cleaned and getting food on the table and getting those reports filed that you have to do for your job, whatever it is, be as efficient and effective as possible at those essential tasks in order to leave more time available to you for what matters most to you. Busy is not productive if you're spending your time on things that don't matter to you. And so I encourage you to think about that. Again, we're we're just sort of touching on this. I wanted to get us all thinking about the uh, finiteness of time, and what that means for how we should use our time. Uh, And we'll, as I said, dig into it more in the future. The second element that is a key component of a productive life is energy. And we need to manage our energy just as we manage our time. So what does energy mean? I I like to go to the dictionary and see what it says about the words that I use. And one dictionary that I consulted defined energy as the strength and vitality required for sustained physical or mental activity. I thought that was interesting. Uh, In physics, one book I read said energy is defined as the capacity to work. So that's what energy is about. You know, we, we may think of it in other ways, but sort of the definition of it, the scientific definition of energy is the capacity to work, the capacity to get things done. Synonyms, um, you know, words that mean the same thing or similar to energy are vitality, vigor, liveliness, enthusiasm, zest, vibrancy. There are a whole bunch of others. I'll put them in the show notes. It's kind of fun to think about uh, in terms of your own life. Do you have these things? Do you have vitality, vigor, and liveliness? Do you have the capacity to work to get the things done that you want to get done? Energy is a relevant, important component of a productive life because our energy, our physical and mental and emotional energy. That's what determines how much we can actually do in the time available to us. You can have all the time in the world and not get anything done because you simply have not the energy to do it. One book, I haven't read this book, but I saw it, the authors quoted in an article that I'll link to in the show notes. Um, this book is called The Power of Full Engagement, Managing Energy, Not Time, is the Key to High Performance and Personal Renewal. And in this book, the author said, the ultimate measure of our lives is not how much time we spend on the planet, but ha- rather how much energy we invest in the time we have. And I think that's so true. You, as I said, no matter how much time you have, if you have, not, have no energy to do anything, then you're not going to be productive. In a a blog post, actually the post that quoted this book, uh, the author said, energy is a renewable resource, but only up to a certain point. Scheduling every minute of free time to increase productivity may seem like a good use of time, but it doesn't account for the need to replenish energy. Over time, a lack of energy can cause a dip in productivity even when there's more than enough time to get the required tasks done. So whether you're talking about at work, at home, in your relationships or whatever, time and energy have to go hand in hand. Um, In order for you to make the best use and the most effective use of your time, you've got to have the energy, the capacity to do the work, whatever the work is. And so... To use our energy and manage it the most effectively, we need to identify for ourselves what saps our energy and what we can do to boost our energy. And um, again, I'm not going to go into deep detail on this, but some things to think about that can sap our energy. There may be physiological causes such as poor diet, um, a lack of sleep, Illness, so for instance, hypothyroidism, which a lot of women have—I, I, I have that as well—affects your energy levels. As does COVID. Uh, many of us have experienced that. So physiological causes can affect our energy, can reduce our energy. And knowing if one of those, one or more of those, is affect um, you know acting in your life, can help you come up with ways to counter it. Also environmental causes, whether it's the stress of our job or our personal situation, um, being around negative or complaining people, clutter can reduce our energy. And so as one writer puts it uh, in an, an article on the Harvard Business Review, to recharge themselves, individuals need to recognize the costs of energy depleting behaviors and then take responsibility for changing them regardless of the circumstances they're facing. And this article was talking about energy levels at work, but it's true uh, throughout our life. We need to recognize and identify what in our life, internal, external, whatever, is sapping our energy, reducing our energy, and then take action to address those things. So, In order to effectively manage our energy, once we've identified what's sapping our energy, we need to learn how to replenish our energy and then take the time to do it. And that's going to be different for each one of us, what what will replenish or restore our energy. I love how one writer talked about this in an article that I will share in the show notes. Um, This writer said, the right way to recharge your tank is with yoga and meditation unless you hate yoga and meditation. The writer says, if you've been taught that a recharge must involve deep cleansing breaths and a mantra, you're not alone. And if said breaths and mantras do indeed recharge you, then by all means, lean into them. But we're all wired differently. There's nothing universally right about yoga. For an introvert, watching a quick cat video, no shame, or listening to a song or two might do the trick. An extrovert may prefer a quick stop at the water cooler to pick up some dish. For some, it's reading a brief article or checking a simple to-do off your list. Whatever it is for you, often an investment of a few minutes can put hours back on your personal battery. So the the point of this and the reason I like it and I, I felt like it was worth quoting kind of a little more length is recognizing that what's going to recharge and reinvigorate you may be different from what other people do. And so we can get ideas from resources we read or from, you know, teachers we listen to or whatever, but pay attention to your own energy levels, to your own body and your own mind and recognize what actually feeds and restores you and pursue that. Uh, Make sure that's part of your life. For all of us though, rest and time for recovery should be part of our regular schedule rather than waiting until we crash. And we'll talk about that again in just a minute. The other thing we all need to do is to learn to understand our own internal energy rhythm. So when are your energy levels best for certain types of tasks? And can you schedule your day accordingly? Now, I I get that when you work for someone else, you can't always do that. You know, it may be that you're a morning person and that's when you uh, have the most mental energy and acuity to do those, you know, sort of brain draining tough tasks, but you work for somebody else who has a different plan for your day. I get that. But still, as one writer puts it, knowing what tasks you're most productive working on at certain times throughout the day helps you make good choices when the choice is yours to make. So it's still important to know that even if other people in your life have, a, a you know, some control over when you do certain things. The other thing that's important uh, in replenishing your energy and, and, and fitting this into your life to maximize your energy levels is taking care of your body and your mind because the health of both of those directly affects your energy levels. So fuel your body well, drink plenty of water, get a reasonable amount of regular movement, you know, take a walk outside if you can. Do what it takes to make sure you get enough sleep. Feed your mind and your spirit with uplifting and motivating content and minimize the negative inputs into your life. These are all things we've talked about in the past, and we'll we'll you know dig into more in the future. But if you need to sort of boost and and improve your energy in order to be more productive, these are all things that are going to be important an important part of that. And finally, the third element of a productive life that constitutes a and an essential but finite resource is attention. And again, I looked at the dictionary, it uh, defines it as observation, attentiveness, intentness, notice, concentration, heedfulness, mindfulness, and more. And it is relevant to productivity because we are most efficient and effective when we are fully focused on what we are doing in the moment. As we've talked about before, multitasking, which really is just switching our attention back and forth between two things or among more than two things, it impairs our productivity, usually resulting in more mistakes, the need to go back and fix them, and tasks taking more time. So we are most efficient, that is, we use our time best, and we are more effective, that is, getting better results. When we're able to fully focus on what we're doing in the moment, whether that is a physical work task, a brain task, or some conversation with someone we care about. In any case, we're more efficient and we're more effective if we are fully focused on whatever that is. So to make the best use of our energy, we need to understand what interferes with it and how we can strengthen it. Just like everything else, it starts with awareness. Uh, so much has been written about the difficulties we face in this current century in focusing our attention when we need to. We are all distracted most of the time. There are so many different kinds of distractions, both internal and external, in the very noisy world that most of us live in. Now, if you're you know, living in a remote location and you um, spend a lot of time outdoors without without your phone and without, you know, noisy inputs, then your experience may be different. But most of us don't have that kind of life right now. And we are faced with constant distractions. As Cal Newport talks about in his fascinating book, Digital Minimalism, which I've mentioned before and recommend, even the tools we acquire to boost our productivity are designed to pull at our attention uh, the, uh, our phones and our computers and all these various devices that we have to, you know, be more effective and more, more productive, they are by design intended to be pulling at our attention no matter what we're doing. So to be fully productive, we need to nurture the skill of focusing our attention on one thing at a time. Um, in a, an interesting article in the Harvard Business Review called, Is It Even Possible to Focus on Anything Right Now? And this article was written in 2020 when all, of the, you know, right after all the work from home and the lockdowns and various things started, and this person was talking about that how people were struggling to stay focused. And this author said, Practicing attention management is about maintaining control of where your attention goes and recognizing when it's being stolen, either by external distractions or internal errant thoughts, rumination, or anxiety. The more you become aware of your distractions, the easier it becomes to manage them. For most of us, she says, distraction has become a habit, and the first step of habit change is awareness. Because you can't change a habit that you don't realize you have. And I thought that was a very profound statement for all of us to consider. If you're not even realizing how often your attention wanders, then you're not going to be in a position to identify why it's wandering and uh, do something about it. So like everything else, managing our attention well starts with awareness, Mora Thomas, who is the author of Attention Management, and this is a book we talked about in episode 271 as part of our recurring productive reading series, she talks in, in the book about different brain states, or as is noted in an article that talks uh, about her book and her teaching, the four quadrants of attention that we occupy and move between in any given point of the day. And those four brain states or quadrants of attention are first reactive and distracted, and that doesn't take a lot of, of uh, explanation what that means. The second one focused and mindful, again self-defining there. Third is daydreaming or mind wandering, and the fourth state she talks about is flow. And Being aware of where we are on that spectrum at any given time is important. So is being aware of what helps us enter the more focused states. So, for example, her focused and mindful state or even the the flow state, which to me is very similar to uh, Chris Bailey's hyper-focus state that we talked about briefly in episode 383. It's important to know how we can get into that state it's also important to know how we can enter the unfocused state, the, um, what Thomas talks about as the daydreaming or mind-wandering state, because as Bailey, Chris Bailey talks about in his book Hyperfocus, and as we discussed in episode 383, downtime or unfocused time where we're not focusing our attention on any particular task or topic, it is essential To our ability to focus our attention when we need to. So to me, it was really interesting to note that just like rest is necessary for us in order to maximize our energy, it's also necessary for us in order to be able to manage our attention and to enter into that hyper focused state we need in order to produce results in any area of our life, whether it's work or learning, or relationships, or anything else. We have to get enough rest. And I, you know, maybe we need to dig into that more uh, in the future because I think a lot of us struggle with that. I know I do for various reasons. Um, and it's important for us to manage any of these components. If we're not getting enough rest, we're not going to have the energy we need. We're not going to have the ability to focus our attention when we need to. So just something to think about. So this episode is not meant to be an exhaustive examination of these three areas, but just, as I said earlier, just to get us all thinking about the importance of each of these finite resources, time, energy, and attention, that are essential components of a meaningfully productive life. And we're going to be revisiting each over the months to come, digging in a little deeper and maybe bringing in some, you know, some experts to help give us some ideas about how to do a better job of managing each. In the meantime, feel free to check out the articles, books, and some other resources that I'll list in the show notes for this episode in case you want to do a little of your own reading on one or more of these topics as I mentioned at the beginning, my thinking about this particular topic kind of was inspired as I was rereading parts of author and coach Cheryl Richardson's book, Take Time for Your Life. And there are a couple of things that she says that uh, really kind of inspired me as I thought about all these things. Maybe like me, you want to make some changes in your life. You want to Uh, make use of your time in a way that furthers the goals and the vision for your own life. Or maybe you want to boost your energy so you can get more things done in the time available to you. Or maybe you're struggling with paying attention and being focused when you need to be and you want to make improvements in those areas. All of that is possible. And it's not a matter of saying you're doing something wrong. It's just part of the ongoing journey to get to where we want to be, to make a life that matters. And a couple of the things that Cheryl says in her book, I want to leave you with because I thought they were, um, as I said, they inspired me. One of the things she says is making the decision to change your life starts by making a personal choice. She also though says creating a life that you love takes courage, commitment, and hard work. And all of us have the capacity to do these things, to create a life that we love, a life that matters as we each define it for ourselves. And I encourage you to, you know, to give some thought to that and maybe share with me if there's an area, one of these components that you struggle with the most, uh, what steps you want to take to maybe change the direction a little bit. So I would love to hear from you on this. Um, feel free to write to me. You can share your questions or thoughts in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 388. Or as always, you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, that's a great place to continue this conversation. If you're not a member and you're a woman who listens to this podcast, and, and let me just say as a side note, if you're a man who listens to the podcast, I am honored and you are certainly welcome here. But the Facebook group is only for women who listen to the show. And it's a private group that um, you can find on Facebook, but only the members of the group can uh, see who's in the group or, or what's being posted there. And so it's a place for us to continue the conversations that start here. And I, I love the community there. There's a lot of support and encouragement that goes on. And so if you're a, a woman who listens to this podcast, but you haven't yet joined us on that in that Facebook group, just look for the Productive Woman Community Facebook group and um, click on Join. Be sure to answer the questions there. Uh, so that I can make sure that you're, you know, you're uh, legitimately interested in being a part of this group. And I'd be d- d- delighted to welcome you there. Uh, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always do that by emailing questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at the dot Um, I think that's it. Remember if, uh, if you have career-related goals or you just would like the fun of learning something new, if you want to advance your education this year, remember to visit ce.uci.edu/learnnow to see how the University of California at Irvine's Division of Continuing Education can support those goals. That's ce.uci.edu/learnnow. And there will be a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much to UCI DCE for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that is it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and for spending this time with me. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.